0: Hello and welcome to Can Architecture Fix This, a podcast where we explore challenging design questions through stories and conversations with expert guests. I'm your host Rebecca Schaeberg coming to you from White Architecture Studio in Oslo, Norway. This season we're bringing you stories about transformation. How can architecture, landscape architecture, and design in general contribute to positive change? This is of course a base intention with every project we take on, But how we deliver on those ambitions is often a surprising journey. Today we're asking, can architecture fix outdated buildings? We've invited Florian Koosje, a structural engineer in Oslo, Norway, to share stories from working with historical and structurally challenging transformation projects. We hope you'll enjoy the story. Florian Koosje is a structural engineer in Oslo, Norway. He is the founder and owner of DIFK and has been involved in the design of many of Norway's most prominent and structurally complex projects over the past two decades, including the Holmenkollen Ski Jump, the new Dijkmansk Library, the new Munk Museum, and several tourist road projects, just to name a few. In addition to these large public projects, Florian's company has a particular interest in transformation projects. D.I.F.K has worked with a number of projects where seemingly outdated structures are re-engineered in order to give the building a longer lifespan and often accommodate a new program. Florian Kusha, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Now, you've been working in Norway and Scandinavia for more than 20 years. And as I said in the intro, your company has delivered the structural design for some of the most exciting building projects during the last decade or so. But today, we're going to be talking about some of the reuse and transformation projects that your company's been working on, which are maybe not as flashy or heavily promoted as some of these big public projects, but are in some ways even more interesting than the new build projects. So I'd like to start by just asking, what makes this part of the project or profession particularly interesting to you?
1: Um, First of all, we have been working with these kinds of projects um, for a long time. Uh, Rehabilitation is nothing new that has been done over the centuries and to different degrees and uh, has always been part of the business. Mm -hmm. Now, um, we uh, focus more on this today because uh, out of um, concern for the environmental uh, impact that our profession has.
0: And is this based on some internal research that you're doing, or are you taking this from kind of what's happening in the field in general, that is rehab becoming more of a, a sustainable topic?
1: We, we have been working on a, a huge timber project in, in Sweden, mm. uh, the Samo Summerokulturis. Mm-hmm. Uh, together, together with white architects, actually. Exactly, mm-hmm. together with white architects. <laughs> Uh, A very interesting building, very innovative at the time in 2015, a huge uh, timber structure with um, very um, mixed use, complicated programs and functionalities. Mm -hmm. We pushed the limits Mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. After that, we asked ourselves, how much did we reduce the impact of this construction uh, on the environment? And we, we started to look at CO2 emissions in a global context. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can compare on a uh, part-to-part context, and we can look at it globally, too. Um, after a lot of internal discussions, uh, because we're very interested in this environmental topic, we, we, we made our own list based on the research, based on a uh, top-down approach, where we looked at what are global CO2 emissions mm-hmm. what can we as a profession actually affect where can we have an impact mm. uh, we we our list became improve energy performance of existing buildings mm-hmm. is a huge impact mm-hmm. reuse existing buildings mm. that's what we're talking about here material optimization is new for new uh, for new buildings if you build less it has less impact it's very simple mm. Local fabrication, short-term transportation has a, has a major impact. We say high timber content. Okay. So we don't necessarily, based on our analysis, timber is very helpful and very important. But there's also other things that are yeah. um, more important sometimes. Mm-hmm. Further, it's reduction of fossil fuels on construction sites. And then it becomes a bit more political. Mm-hmm. We, we learned in the process that, Uh, working with the environment is not something that you can necessarily fix in one building. Mm -hmm. It's always a contribution to something. So that uh, Shelefti project was a huge timber project. Mm -hmm. But then we understand that Sweden only has 0.11% of the global CO2 emissions. And then we understand that our building cannot solve the climate Mm -hmm. crisis. Mm -hmm. We find out that an understanding of the climate, global climate uh, gas emissions is lacking in the profession. We mm. don't really, and we all talk about it, we all know, but what does it mean? Uh, how much do we actually emit as a person? And what does the sector emit? And what, what can we change? What room do we have, really? Exactly. To make a, a, a difference. Exactly. What can we do within our practice? Mm. And uh, then we believe that the the solution will be political. It will be Mm. many um, measures together that will make Mm. a chance.
0: But if we can't uh, necessarily tackle the political sphere, because that's not our profession, as we've already identified, uh, then if we go back to your list on what we can actually do, am I to understand correctly that working with existing buildings and building performance is one of the most important environmental uh, impacts we can have.
1: Yes, this is what we do uh, in a daily practice. But Mm. again, we can also understand our political impact as a a member of society, as a professional Mm. within the society. Mm. Um, Reuse of existing buildings in Norway, there has been a number um, stating that about 50% of all the office spaces are not rented out. They're not in use Mm. today. That is um, difficult, given that we build new uh, offices. Mm. And there are reasons for that. Offices are not more uh, not representative anymore of technical functional problems, um, but this is where we see a potential. Mm. So we want to focus more into the existing buildings than um, pushing uh, new buildings. Mm. The there is a downside to this approach. Um, I discussed this strategy with a PhD student from Sweden, and he asked me, well, mankind will increase. Mm. We will have more people, more people will move to Scandinavia, to these areas here. Mm -hmm. You can't put them all into existing buildings. Mm. There will be new buildings that have to be built. And that is a very valid argument. And then he, he asked me, yeah, what is your solution for that? <laughs> um, I'm still thinking about it. Okay. I have no, I think there will need to be a mix mm. of all of this, mm. but uh, more focus on existing buildings is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. But
0: it will always be a mix then because we will need new as well.
1: We will, uh, mankind will increase well mm-hmm. into the 2050s mm-hmm. and then it may mm-hmm. decline a bit.
0: But since today we are talking about transformation, then we can focus a little bit on uh, how you've been developing this rehabilitation side of the practice. And as we said, you are a structural engineer. You're a bit of an artist in, within that field. So uh, when I normally am talking to architects, but I thought it was an interesting conversation to have together with you because you think kind of differently about structural engineering, and. Um, I wanted to ask, when you're working with some of these projects that are perhaps structures from maybe 100 years ago or more, and these structures have since been modified and renovated and added on to, how do you establish a starting point for calculating the building's technical performance and what it could potentially tolerate further in its lifespan?
1: The... The main concerns uh, with existing buildings is usually level height. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is very tight, it is hard to get daylight in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the, the the level height is basically the first question. Mm-hmm. Um, we have basically no tools to increase the level height mm-hmm. if that is not has not been planned for, um, which is usually never the case. Mm-hmm. All the other aspects, they are. It's geometry, Mm -hmm. you look into what is actually the geometry, what are the dimensions. Uh, This can be done by measurements, this can be done by scanning. Um, Then the next step is what is hidden behind Mm -hmm. uh, the the surface, Uh, what kind of materials, in which state are they, is it consistent, has there been changes, changes Mm -hmm. been made to the building. Mm -hmm. Uh, We work in one project where the neighboring buildings are very important, to assess the foundations of of this one. Mm -hmm. And and then it becomes very unclear what are actually the neighboring buildings. And you need to go through a very rigorous process with them, too, Mm -hmm. which the owners may not be interested in. Mm -hmm. And you can also damage. So it becomes quite complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, We we use a conservative analysis approach general engineering principles, which we know work, which are safe, and then we try within those to argue in a reasonable way. And where we don't know, we do testing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So material testing on on a small level, but it can also be component testing. Mm -hmm. Just Uh, to
0: see how individual things are acting and then kind of scaling that up to the whole.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. if uh, that is in basic engineering testing Mm -hmm. uh, by destruction and then (laughs) see how we can apply that to the whole building. We have good methods for that. Mm -hmm. What is interesting in the next step is monitoring buildings. So that is also standard technology Mm -hmm. that you can uh, register settlements over time. And when certain uh, thresholds are reached, uh, then you would need to uh, change or adapt. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Um, In order to understand some of the technical challenges that you might run across in these adaptive reuse projects, we're going to touch on two of your... Uh, past and, and current projects. The first is Villa Biermann, which is um, a beautiful brick villa on the outskirts of Oslo. And the second is Draningensgatte 13, which is in Oslo's central district called Quadratunnen. Now, Villa Biermann uh, you have completed and Draningensgatte, it's still in kind of early design development. Mm-hmm. So here we're, we're also looking at two different phases of structural and, and architectural development. So let's start with Villa Bierman. Um, this was a project together with Spool Architects. Can you explain the background of the project and run us through some of the technical challenges?
1: Um, and basically, it is a villa that has been built for the, um, a beer brewery mm-hmm. uh, of excellent quality mm-hmm. in the 19 uh, 1870s, 1880s. Mm-hmm. Excellent quality. I think I've never seen a building with such exquisite uh, qualities. Mm-hmm. And, and this was the villa for the person who ran the
0: brewery, or this was actually
1: part for the, of the brewery. The for the director, mm-hmm. the directors, mm-hmm. and and it consisted out of a main building, um, and it consisted out of stables or mm-hmm. stables. Mm-hmm. So. This uh, building was not in use for quite some time and then bought by a client uh, by the client and he wanted to refurbish it, extend it and make it a um, office restaurant multi-purpose um, mm-hmm. site where, where people could uh, develop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, So we were tasked to look at the roof Mm -hmm. um, because he wanted to use the roof for square meters. And it had a beautiful roof structure, but um, it did not allow to have office uh, in there. So we we simplified that. Uh, We went through all the walls in the main building and uh, larger openings and and adjusted the the brickwork structure. Mm -hmm. We were asked to build a cellar between the main building and the stables mm-hmm. and the cellar was to connect to the main building and was to run under the stables mm-hmm. now that,
0: did either of these buildings have a cellar before
1: the main house had the mm-hmm. stables not okay and so that is a little bit an uncommon task the mm-hmm. cellar is not very big but the the need was if you could not build anything uh, in between the buildings on the outside or mm-hmm. like above ground, because, yeah. uh, that has an uh, impact on the hi- historical appearance. So it had to be in the cellar. That's mm-hmm. the reason why. And there we could build technical rooms and, uh, also support functionalities lifts and, and so on. Uh, now we had to build the cellar under the existing uh, brickwork stables. And mm-hmm. the, the only, Uh, And the cellar was also bigger than the stable. So the only way was to lift up the building or make the building float, (laughs) remove all the soil underneath Mm -hmm. and then cast the cellar underneath Mm -hmm. the floating building and then put it back onto the cellar.
0: So it's almost two structural assignments in one, because one, you have to make the thing float and then you have to put on a, a structure that will be permanent and then take away this temporary floating Yes, structure.
1: Mm. Yeah, um, we call it temporary structures. Mm-hmm. So, so, but um, it, it, it's, staging becomes very important. Mm-hmm. What operation do you do when you need to be? Make sure that uh, the global stability is always uh, okay, mm-hmm. and you need to make sure that it's safe to work in there, mm-hmm. and um, that the building is not being damaged by the construction process. Mm. No cracking and so on. Mm.
0: Mm. Uh, on your website actually we can link to this later but there is a really fun picture of this in development where there's a, a just a tiny little stick almost holding up the, the temporary structure underneath the, the existing mm. building yes. it, it's, it's quite mm, yeah, quite quite something to look at so we, mm. we recommend that people go and find that picture.
1: Mm. Mm. That was very interesting, let's say. It is uh, highly utilized, but it uh, yeah. worked very well. Yeah. Uh, no problems during construction. Yeah.
0: Okay. So then um, that project went quite well then. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been delivered. Uh, the seller works. Yes. The buildings were not cracked or damaged no. throughout the okay. process. Yeah.
1: No cracks in that uh, brickwork building. Yeah. And no larger discussions with the contractor. Mm-hmm. They did it basically by themselves.
0: Mm. That was amazing. Okay, so that's kind of a success yeah. uh, case. Um, then let's move on to one that's under development. The second project we're going to talk about is Droning in to 13, still in fairly early design phase. And in this project you were working together with the architects Oslo Works for the developer Selvog. Can you walk us through this particular project? Mm.
1: The, this is a very central uh, plot and the cell work bought the the it's basically piece of city mm-hmm. it consists a of city block it's a city block mm-hmm. it's uh, several buildings mm-hmm. and they they want to develop it as a showcase uh, for their uh, um, business and uh, because central Oslo is uh, is experiencing a lift and um mm-hmm. these these are very nice buildings with yeah. a long history mm-hmm. um one of the buildings is now rented out to norways um cultural heritage um office mm-hmm. oh,
0: headquarters sorry
1: headquarters, yeah 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 mm-hmm. and um the uh, Amazing buildings, mm-hmm. uh, timber structures, uh, masonry structures, and so on.
0: Because because it is a city block, it's actually several buildings, it's several buildings that are yeah. glued together, developed over time, yes. not from the same time period. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly which one is resting on which, mm-hmm. and that is part of, of the task. Mm-hmm. Now, to, to, to extend the lifespan of these buildings, we need to... Um, improve the technical situation, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, the main building is founded on uh, timber piles Mm -hmm. and the groundwater level has decreased and the top of these timber piles are uh, rotting.
0: And what time period is this
1: building from? 1790. Is that the oldest building on the plot? No, um, the, the older ones, they date, date back to the 16th century. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's a nice mix. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the, the old war school mm-hmm. um, closely with, to that plot, and that is 16th, 17th century. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So... So the, it's
0: fair to say there's probably not the original
1: drawings available. <laughs> uh, no, um, and it, it is a very mixed picture. For mm-hmm. some, you mm-hmm. have drawings. Uh, for some buildings, especially around, we don't even know the level of the foundations. Right. Many foundation systems we don't know. Mm-hmm. But this main building, the the, the timber uh, piles, they are not in good shape. Okay. Uh, it would have been... Timber piles are a good foundation system if they're constantly in water. Mm-hmm. If they are below the water uh, level, then there's no problems with mm-hmm. them. We know that from experience. Here, we could maybe justify to have the building in operation for a few more decades mm-hmm. until this uh, pile rotting would become a very serious issue. Okay. So the, the, the client understands that they need to basically do a re-foundation job at some point. Mm-hmm. Now, in addition to um, make this area more attractive and to to yeah, make money, they want to add uh, levels with um, housing.
0: They want to add housing on top yes. of a three or four levels of mm-hmm. housing, which mm-hmm. is a lot
1: uh, mm-hmm. for an existing. building. Usually we say one or two levels that should be fine to add, but to add three, four levels, that, that is um, mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, that would mean you would really need to replace uh, the foundations. You would need to make a new foundation. And then at the same time, you could make a new cellar to run technical systems to allow for support surfaces and so on Mm -hmm. under the whole block. Mm -hmm. Now, to to build a cellar under an existing building inside a city fabric is a complicated uh, endeavor.
0: A little bit harder than a villa on the outskirts.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you, you, you had access to the building yeah. from all corners around, yeah. which is not possible here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we developed uh, quite interesting uh, discussions with the, um, with the contractor, who was very early on board mm-hmm. um, to solve this in, in a unique way. It was quite interesting. We, we came with a proposal. And then we walked through all the alternatives, and basically we came back to that original proposal with a few uh, mm-hmm. modifications. And um, the, the they want a new seller, and the which is technically possible, but then um, practically we need uh, it's, yeah, and uh, the the increase in levels. Mm-hmm. Um, for the existing structure is also not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the main building is, made, is is basically a storage building. It was used for storage and it was over-designed back then for, uh, for storage of, of materials, goods, and foods.
0: So it can load quite a lot. It can yes. tolerate
1: it a can. lot of weight. Yes, it mm-hmm. can. It uh, So the added weight mm-hmm. uh, was not a problem. What was kind of funny was um, the... the It was seven, eight levels, Mm -hmm. and the we checked the strength of the or calculated the strength of the timber columns. Um, If we would not take fire requirements into account, the structure would be okay. Mm -hmm. If we take fire requirements into account, which we need to, Mm -hmm. um, that two top levels mm-hmm. of columns, they are the ones that are weak. It's not the bottom ones. Okay. It's the two top ones. So mm-hmm. they would need to be reinforced one okay. way or the other.
0: Okay. So not such a bad case, actually, for adding on some extra floors in no, Central
1: no, no, Oslo. No, no, no. That was basically why we could do it. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, each building ha- needs individual... Um, Assessment. solutions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the assessment is usually very different. So if mm-hmm. you, you need to keep an open mind, mm-hmm. suddenly mm-hmm. you can just add. Mm-hmm.
0: So where are you then in this project? Um, you said that with the contractor, you've gone through a few solutions mm-hmm. and came back to this general approach. Um, what would be the next steps?
1: The next step is to approve the uh, the permitting side mm-hmm. of, of the of the process, mm-hmm. which the client is doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, once they decide that um, all the permits are given and they uh, the financing is okay, the budgets mm-hmm. are okay, mm-hmm. they will start mm-hmm. a detailed project in construction.
0: It's a very interesting project. I think also I work a lot with early phase and with urbanism and something like this in central Oslo where the, the building structure has been there for so long and the heights have been so decided for so long to think about coming back to a structure that's 300 years old or something and, and adding more floors, taking taking the building to its limits and, and actually preparing it for another 300 years, let's say. Mm. I think that's a very interesting opportunity for Oslo. Is it going to be happening or, or, or can we see something some other interest in that in in central Oslo or in other
1: yeah we have seen um, yeah. there there's a few Telegrafen, for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. Um, there there's a few of these refurbishments mm-hmm. and they I, I would almost say that Oslo has a little bit of history of, of these uh, central is is another mm-hmm. well known project mm-hmm. and um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Because I know you've spoken before that you think that this project and this location um, and this interest is indicative of a bigger shift in maybe architectural development. Um, What do you think has changed or has something changed in the last decade or so that makes a project like this more interesting, more attractive for a developer, for the city to consider um, than it was, let's say, 20 years ago?
1: Uh, well i'm not a i'm a structural engineer mm-hmm. i'm not an urbanist mm-hmm. uh, so from my perspective it seems for, for us uh, environmental issues are a main driver to focus more on this. Mm-hmm. from a city perspective i feel people are asking more for authentic and yeah. uh, non generic uh, environments they they love grown um over a long time developed very compact structures which basically a city is mm-hmm. and this this move that one had in the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, 80s where you move out of the cities where you have um, living quarters outside mm-hmm. and that, that is maybe uh, changing and going back into a more centralized um, way of living and working. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that sense, these local uh, developments make, make sense, I guess. Mm. Um, for us, they are very interesting mm. in terms of environment on technical
0: content. Comp- because mm. one can say it can be a popular trend that people are just interested in coming back to city centers. Of course, Oslo has been for a while now getting rid of cars, getting, getting the city center back to a kind of pedestrian Focused area, and there was a lot of concern: Is that going to actually drain the city center of people? But it it had the opposite effect. People oh, yes, love yes. to be yes. in central Oslo yes, 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 because it's it's not as noisy. It's it's not polluted. It, it's um, it's a place for people again. Yes. So one could say that 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 might be a popular trend, and there's some insecurity about that. But I wonder because, like you say, you're a structural engineer. Are there things that are possible now? Research that has been conducted that actually means It may have been popular. It could have been popular 30 years ago or so, but maybe people weren't ready for it technically. Is there a technical development that has made this possible?
1: In terms of technical development, what is new, Mm -hmm. let's say, uh, versus 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there's not so much. I think the scanning technology that has, um, I mean, scanning of buildings Mm -hmm. and and 3D information, that that has improved a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, We we it is very tricky uh, to assess existing buildings and to design um, additions and and uh, changes to them because they were not built necessarily to today's uh, design standards mm. and w- we have different loadings we have different material properties we have different fire requirements mm. uh, sound properties and so on and the there are um, guides and maybe even not really standards but, but guidelines experience and it's it's more a loose knowledge compared to let's say standards for new buildings yeah which makes it um, a, a much more complicated field of, of work for us instructional mm. engineers. Mm. And um, it requires training. It requires uh, experience to work with these structures. And interest, interest to go yeah, down that path. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is true. I mean, the we know going into those buildings, it's added risk, mm-hmm. and it is. Um, it's also for us added uncertainty, and um, we like to be sure mm-hmm. things are right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And an added investment then for the for the clients. Very often, on the at least on the design side, that it takes a bit more time to understand and to go through the development. The absolutely, project development.
1: absolutely. And also on the construction side, mm-hmm. um, usually we get the information when uh, things are torn apart, yeah. when things become visible, yeah. and then we need to. We, the planning project is basically. Um, preparing for eventualities (laughs) and then once we start building we see what is actually happening and then we pick the 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 right detail Mm -hmm. for the solution uh, for the situation
0: okay okay well um then the last question i want to ask is um how we end most of our interviews the name of the podcast is can architecture fix this and today we've been talking about how to technically update Outdated structures and transformation projects. Do you think that architecture can help fix the gap in this knowledge, or even bring about some more desire for reuse of buildings rather than new build?
1: Uh, I think architects have a huge interest in existing structures. Mm. I mean, they they learn by them. They mm. they they build a relationship to their whole profession to them. And um, so the, the, the knowledge and the interest is definitely there, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the, how the public um, understands existing buildings, that is can be, as you said, it can be a trend. It can be mm-hmm. something that changes with time a little bit. And I, I believe here architects can give a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that the utilization of the city is something that is not fully explored if you look at um, large organizations. Okay. For, for example, um, a, a larger headquarter, a larger company, 5,000, 10,000 people, Mm. would not necessarily fit into a refitted building, Mm. because the building is usually too small to cope with these amount of people. Mm. They would build a a, a green uh, site building somewhere outside. Mm. Um, They would not be able to live inside the city. Yeah, okay. And which is a problem for these uh, companies, Uh, we, we have seen that here in Norway a lot, where these people... the 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 workers Mm -hmm. the people that are employed they they do not necessarily want to be in a huge office conglomerate they they prefer to be in the city Mm -hmm. and hunting for the most talented uh, people is is making the companies look at city locations because they're much more attractive yeah for the workers, yes. For the workers, mm-hmm. uh, we've seen that uh, with the local engineering company, mm-hmm. they they moved their uh, headquarters to the city, mm-hmm. and and uh, t- very attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a trend there, mm-hmm. and I think this can be envisioned by architects. Mm-hmm. So, they, so
0: it's an architectural challenge to find a way to repurpose the entire city that, so that large, small, and th- that things can fit.
1: Yes, that is one thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is to um, develop that idea and and uh, show it to people. Mm-hmm. So people think this could be something for them, mm-hmm. make it attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, architects, they show visions of, yep. of the future and, and this could be part of, of uh, some people's visions. Mm-hmm. Mm, that I find uh, quite interesting. And also I could see um, a, a new competition for 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 office building project could not be a new build it could mm-hmm. also be how to find uh, different buildings within a city mm-hmm. that you can connect functionally and, and mm-hmm. logistically um, so a larger entity would have mm-hmm. the, the space it needs. Mm-hmm. I think there's room yeah.
0: That could be a very interesting competition. Mm. Find the space as part of the premise of the competition. Yeah, and mm. in-
1: instead of you're giving an old building mm. rehabilitated, or right, right. you're giving a site which has uh, nothing on it, yeah. and give us a. a it yeah. could, there could be something in between.
0: It's mm. often when the most innovative ideas come about is when you change the starting point mm. of. Of whatever the assignment is is mm. to come at it from a completely different direction mm. Mm, very interesting florian Kosha, thank you for being here today
1: thank you very much for having me
0: <laughs> if people would like to find information about your company or your works where
1: could they go uh page yeah and there's contact information drop us an email mm. uh, call mm-hmm. we um we are central in oslo mm. come by for a mm-hmm. visit
0: And the homepage is www.difk.no. Very nice. Thank you very
1: much. Thank you.
0: That's the story this week and a wrap for the season focusing on transformation. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to learn more about Florian and his company, D-I-F-K, you can find information online at www.difk.no. Can Architecture Fix This is produced by Ingaertsen van Klevan and White Architectured in Oslo. Sophia Benson is our Managing Director. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you have a minute, please give us a rating or even better, share us with a friend. If you have any tips about future themes you'd like us to cover or recommendations for guests we could speak with, please get in touch. You can send us an email at oslo at white.se. You can also find us on Instagram under the handle White Architecture Oslo or visit our website at www.whitearchitecture.com. I'm Rebecca Schaeberg and this was Can Architecture Fix This? from White Architected.